Welcome to the Mother Nurture Podcast, hosted by Dr. Andrea Rosario, functional neurologist and doctor of chiropractic, specializing in functional medicine, caring for individuals and families with chronic conditions for over 15 years. Hi there, Andrea Rosario here, and today's talk is going to be entitled, What the Heck is with that MTHFR? And that's my funny slash, maybe not so funny, play on the fact that MTHFR is a enzyme that is very commonly mutated genetically. And when you have that genetic mutation, it causes you a whole host of problems symptom-wise or chronic disease-wise. It's a real big pain in the patootie. So I make the joke that it sounds a little like MTHFR because it is an MTHFR, if you catch my drift. But today I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what that is, as well as the main process in your body that it disrupts and upsets that causes all these downline problems for your health and well-being. I want to talk to you about what that can look like symptom-wise or condition-wise, as well as what makes it worse, what makes it better, how you can get tested for MTHFR, and some common, simple solutions that you could employ in your day-to-day life starting today that will help you if you suspect you may have MTHFR before you even know actually definitively if you do or not. So I hope this is helpful for you. Let's go ahead and dive in. MTHFR is an enzyme that helps you process folate in your body. Folate is a very, very important B vitamin. Most of us know the form of folic acid, especially as women. It's kind of pounded into our head to take a bunch of folic acid when we are pregnant. And so that is our most common exposure to folate is in the folic acid form. If you have MTHFR, which is incredibly common, you have a problem of a slow processing of the folate and folic acid and having it get into your cells. That can cause a very big problem with a process that's called methylation. I wanna get into methylation in just one quick moment, but I do wanna tell you how common it is for there to be an MTHFR genetic mutation. In the general population, at least in America, I'm not sure that this is worldwide, but at least in America, It is estimated to be about 40% of people do not have a properly functioning MTHFR enzyme. Most often it's due to a genetic mutation. You're especially likely to be in that camp of having this genetic mutation if you are of Latin or Italian descent. They have statistically higher rates of this mutation, but when I'm working with patients, I see it very commonly and quite a bit across the board, either in the milder form or the more severe form. So I mentioned that having MTHFR genetic mutation slows down your processing of folate and folic acid. And the reason why that is so important is because folate, which is actually like the umbrella term for folic acid, folate is kind of the whole umbrella. Folic acid is one form. L5-MTHF is another, and folinic acid is another. So those are all actually forms of folate. Just keep that in mind. So I'm going to use folate because that is actually what we're looking at is all those forms of folate. Okay. So on that little side note there, methylation 
is a process that uses folate as well as other nutrients. It helps you to do several things within your body. Methylation, when it's working properly, helps you detoxify any chemicals and metals. It helps you build neurotransmitters such as dopamine and serotonin. It helps you process hormones. It helps you make new cells off of your existing cells. It actually builds part of your immune system up and it produces energy and produces myelin, which is the sheath that covers all of your nerves. So it helps with nerve function in general and it helps protect your nerves. So you can see that methylation is actually a really important process. All of those different tasks that I just shared that methylation does all requires that your methylation process is functioning optimally. And when it doesn't, you have a ton of symptoms and different conditions that you could be struggling with. The most common that I see in my practice are autoimmunity, because I mentioned that methylation builds part of your immune system up. But if it's not building that part of your immune system up, then your immune system becomes imbalanced. It predisposes you to having an autoimmune condition. It predisposes you to some developmental conditions such as ADHD, ADD, autism, Down syndrome as well. It predisposes a baby to be born with midline defects like a cleft palate, cerebral palsy, tongue tie. There's many midline defects that it can show up as, but that's why as pregnant women, we're told to take a bunch of folic acid because it helps to prevent the midline defects. And those midline defects are more likely to be present in babies who have mothers and they may have the MTHFR genetic mutation. Okay, because they're not processing that folate well. Got it? Okay. So you can also have various mood disorders like bipolar has been connected with methylation issues in MTHFR, um, schizophrenia, as with depression and anxiety, because Of course, as I mentioned, with methylation, you start creating neurotransmitters. If you're not doing that well, you're going to be low on neurotransmitters and especially depression is very, very common. You can also be at a higher risk for cancers because it switches the DNA on and off. For instance, if you're not methylating well, the tumor suppression gene could actually be flipped off, which means that it's not going to be suppressing tumors and you're more likely to grow cancerous tumors. That can happen if your methylation is off as well. Infertility and miscarriages are common with people who have methylation and MTHFR issues. And finally, any kind of addictions like alcohol addiction, those are more prevalent as well. So mood disorders, autoimmunity, cancer predisposition, midline defects, infertility, miscarriages, Am I the bearer of wonderful news today? I am absolutely not the bearer of wonderful news, but I do want to tell you this before we go any further, whether you have this genetic mutation or not, it does not mean that it has to express. It does not mean that it's hopeless. It just means that you probably need to be taking some specific strategies with your diet and your lifestyle in order to try to mitigate the genetic pitfalls that you inherited. So don't feel doom and gloom. The only reason I share that list with you is because if you have one or more of those or they're prevalent in your family, 
it might be a little bit of a trigger for you to go ahead and think about getting further testing with that, or at least taking some of the lifestyle and diet precautions so that you don't have to go down a bad route with whatever genetic variants you may have gotten. So what can make methylation and your MTHFR enzyme work less efficiently? On top of just being genetically predisposed to it, you can have nutrient deficiencies in folate or some of the other B vitamins that help the process out. That can be because of malabsorption. If you have gut issues, digestive issues, it could be because of various autoimmune diseases. I mean, there's several reasons why you may be deficient in these B vitamins. Also just poor diet in general. If you don't have a great diet and you don't get a lot of leafy green vegetables in, you're, you tend towards deficiency in the nutrients that help make methylation function well. Another thing that negatively affects methylation is stress. I mean, stress like yeah, like chronic stress, like everybody's got this stress level. The more intense your stress, the more it impedes your methylation and makes the process worse. However, it can also just be mental stress. If you've got a really tedious job where you're burning through a lot of neurotransmitters, trying to think very intently and very seriously, and it's very focused, those days that you have to do that it really burns through those neurotransmitters. So your methylation is burdened by that. And so that can be another cause of slower methylation is that increased stress, even if it just means increased mental stress and focus. You can also have various medications that make your methylation worse. Those actually are very common. Many of the medications are super common in the population in general. Those medications usually make methylation worse because they deplete your body of various B vitamins, including folate and B12 oftentimes that help to make your methylation process within your body work. Another thing that can negatively affect your methylation is if you have a lot of toxins in your home and environment and personal care products. So that could be chemicals that you're exposed to at work. That could be if you're someone who burns candles with fragrance, like fragrance oil or perfumes, if you wear perfumes, if you use certain body products that have a lot of toxins in it, which is a lot of them, <laughs> then you're increasing the detoxification that your methylation has to do. And so that burdens it as well. So sleep and exercise are things that could either really help the process or really hurt it, depending on where you're landing on what you are doing with those aspects of your lifestyle. So those are all things that can really have a negative impact. So if you want to have a positive impact on your methylation, whether or not you have MTHFR genetic variants, you want to be as low toxin exposure as you can, a good diet with tons of leafy greens, have good lifestyle habits with like good sleep, proper exercise for your ability. And you also want to, if you do have MTHFR and you're not able to properly process your folate, you want to actually have specific diet and nutrient strategies to try to get your body as optimized with your folate as you possibly can. How would you know if you have MTHFR? Well, the easiest and least expensive 
is for you to go through some sort of genetic testing company like 23andMe or Ancestry does it as well. I tend to point people towards 23andMe because there are more reports available out there that you can run that'll give you more genetic markers than just MTHFR, which I will be talking to you about other genetic markers here coming up soon. You can go through 23andMe. I'm gonna put a little asterisk here and say, I did my genetic markers a very long time ago when it was really first coming out and I used my actual name. And if I had to do it over again, just because I really don't trust companies, any insurance companies, I don't know who they give information to. I would probably come up with some random name to put in there and not my actual name. You do what you want to, but if I were to do mine again, that's what I would definitely do. You can get a report from say 23andMe that just tells you about your ancestor history, where you come from, that type of thing. But you can also upgrade it and you can get medical history. But I'm going to tell you that the medical history and the medical genetic layout that they give you is pretty abysmal. It's really not worth very much, quite honestly, because the FDA was breathing down their neck at a certain point about the things that they were offering up based off people's genetic variants that they had. And so they really pared it down a lot. But they still have what's called the raw data, and that is all the, the different genetic markers. And you can actually plug your raw data into outside different third-party sites that will give you a really thorough, rundown, easy-to-read report of your various genetic variants or mutations. You can go through ones like, they have one called LiveWello, and they've got one called MTHFR Support. They've got one called Strategene. Those are usually the three that I see the most of. I usually like MTHFR report myself, the more extended report, just because it gives me a couple of markers I really like to see. But if you do get that report from 23andMe, just know that what they give you for medical information is kind of insufficient. And you can go to a third-party site and actually get a more thorough read to figure out exactly what you can do with that information. And you can kind of do a little biohacking of your, your body in the genetic hands that you were dealt more or less. So when it comes to MTHFR specifically, what it really has a hard time, it meaning the enzyme, what it really has a hard time doing is processing folic acid specifically. Remember how I told you that there's this whole folate umbrella and it's got three different forms. There's folinic acid, there's folic acid, which is what we're used to seeing. And then there's L5-MTHF. And those are three very different forms that you would want to be using based off if you have a problem with processing folic acid or not. So that folic acid is what's found in most multivitamins. And so if you got your multivitamin from the store, you most likely have the form of folate called folic acid in it. If you got it from your gynecologist, your OBGYN, it's probably folic acid. What you would like to look for if you have MTHFR or if you suspect you have MTHFR, you want to look for either folinic acid or L5-MTHF. And those are trickier to find. You may be able to find them at your local health food store. You may be able to specifically find them on Amazon. I particularly like going through professional grade supplements that we can get 
not even all doctor grade supplement levels are those proper forms of folate. So you have to still look, look in your multivitamin, but anything that is enriched most often has folic acid in it. Look for enriched breads, cereals, oatmeals, sometimes even alternative milks. Like I've seen it in coconut milk before. I've seen it in almond milk before. Ask me why. I have no idea. I have seen it in several enriched products that kind of blew my mind. So if you just flip over whatever product has a label on it, and if you look and you start seeing B vitamins in there and you see folic acid, just go ahead and set it down. I just would not encourage it. If you are pregnant or trying to get pregnant and everybody's telling you you need to take folic acid, I would just take one of the other forms of folate, L5-MTHF or folinic acid. Many of my patients who struggled with infertility were able to get pregnant when they took a form of folate that better served their body. So just keep that in mind if you've struggled with that at all. First of all, I'm sorry. That's an absolute awful nightmare. And I hope that you can consider this as a possibility that maybe the whole time what happens is your body was not able to take that folic acid and process it and bring it into the cells. So you were constantly depleted in that folate. Your methylation was down and therefore any potential babies are actually having a hard time with proper formation, especially in their spine and brain formation, because there's not enough folate in there because it can't get in your cells if you don't have proper forms and you happen to have MTHFR. So again, it's worth, I think, getting a clear answer on that. If you struggle with any of those illnesses or conditions that I talked to you about, that way, you know, definitively, do I need to avoid this? Do I not? And you can actually start to shift your life a little bit to help your methylation cycle out and give fuel and help your folate capacity so that you don't have to suffer. Even if you do have, unfortunately, a genetically bad hand with the MTHFR as do I welcome to the club. If that's the case, it's not hopeless. Okay. But I wanted to bring your awareness to it today so that, you know, what is up with that MTHFR? And I hope it was helpful. We covered what the MTHFR is, how it affects your methylation, what conditions are affected by a poor methylation status, what makes your methylation worse, what makes your methylation better, how to get tested, and specifically what you can do if you do indeed have MTHFR or you suspect that you do. Okay, I will talk with you again next time. Have a beautiful day. Take care. Bye-bye.